Hello, heroes, and welcome to the first episode of the campaign Bin Bon and Jubna Side Quest. I'm your interim host and game master, James D'Amato. Kat is taking a richly deserved vacation. I'll be filling in as host of the show until she returns, and instead of the adventures of the crew of the Minoc, we'll be following Trist Valentine's old friends, Binbon and Jubna. For those who don't remember, we first met Binbon and Jubna in the first Trist Valentine flashback. Jubna is a Gamoran and son of the head of the honor guard for Timo the Hutt's palace. Musafa, known to his friends as Binbon, is a Jawa and somewhat of a social outcast. Jubna is played by Stephen Kropa, and Binbon is played by Mike Migdal. A lot's happened to them in the years since we saw them hanging out with Trist Valentine, but I'll let you find that out on the episode. Before we catch up with Binbon and Jubna, I want to mention some conventions that Kat and I will be attending, along with some other one-shot hosts coming up in November. The first is Metatopia in Morristown, New Jersey, November 3rd through 6th. And the next is Acaticon in Dayton, Ohio, hosted by the RPG Academy, November 10th through 13th. I'm not sure where Kat was in our list, but I'd like to offer a hearty and sincere thank you to all of our backers on Patreon. Your contributions make what we do possible. And Kat, myself, and everyone on the OneShot Network is extremely grateful. And now, with all that out of the way, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away... Vacation! Thirteen years after their adventure on the surface of Tatooine with their long-lost childhood friend, Tristan Valentine, the Gamoran guard Jubna, and the jaded Jawa Binbon have embarked from the dusty desert planet for greener pastures. Literally, though the two still reside on Tatooine, they have grown weary of the Womp Rat race of desert life. And thanks to Jubna's employer, Timo the Hutt, they're cooling their heels on the jungle planet of Findar. All right, heroes, before we get started, I want us to reintroduce ourselves to our players. Uh, First up, a deep, sonorous voice that will be familiar to many of you. Hello. Mike Migdal. Hey, everybody. It's me, Mike Migdal you from the b- internet. From social media. Mike, thank you so much for coming back to campaign and portraying for us Musafa, also known as Binbon. Yes, James. If you pay me that sum of money, of course I'm going to come back. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that sum of money that was agreed to beforehand and can't change hands until contracts are signed. Yes, James, it is good to be back. It's always a pleasure to be here sitting at your table in your bedroom, Mm -hmm. role-playing while having a good time, laughing. Uh, Even if this didn't go out to all of your adoring fans, it would still be worth it. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, And just to remind people who, you know, maybe have a lot of distance between them and the first time that you were featured on the show, because I think it's almost over a year ago now. Definitely over a year. Who are you going to be playing for us? I will be reassuming the role of uh, Musafa the Jawa, also affectionately nicknamed Binbon by his friends Trist and Jubna. It's now been... 26 years? It, I, I don't think quite 26 years because I think you guys are 26 to 25 years old uh, right now. I think you were around 13 when we started off. So our math. lives have doubled. <laughs> yeah. We've lived an additional life since the life 
that we had back when we were 13. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Musafa has, is still living on Tatooine where we last saw him. Mm-hmm. And he currently owns his own scrap repair shop. Uh, not unlike the one that he worked at with his good friend Watto. Mm-hmm. And good friend, like the 45 year old man <laughs> who would like occasionally pay you for work. Yeah, yeah, his really good friend. <laughs> um, his really good, good, good friend. And he also does some shady work on the side with his unique set of skills. He's very And what what unique set of skills is that? What is what is he good at? He's very handy when it comes to to making things not work. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like everybody's good at that. <laughs> yeah, but but he's really good at it. If something needs breaking, <laughs> Musafa can handle it. And he's killing me right now not to to get talk in his voice as I yeah. and, and and just be my own voice. As, um, as it has been since you first played the character. Actually. Yeah, it's actually taken a big toll on my life. <laughs> uh, I went through three breakups. Uh, I went through a breakup and then I, I met someone as as Musafa mm-hmm. and she fell in love with Musafa and then we broke up uh, and then I met someone else as Musafa <laughs> and then we broke up but I'm in a relationship now and, all right and I'm myself uh, my significant other does not know that underneath all of the layers I am secretly Musafa <laughs> but. I, I hope that she loves me anyway. Well, yeah, I hope we don't reawaken something negative here. That's that's not that's not what we want. What we want is is the beloved Musafa that that everybody grew to know in mm-hmm. our previous episodes. Uh, so I'm going to turn and introduce our other guest. You, you've already heard his voice as he has reacted to the things that were said. Yes. And, of course, I'm talking about the high nasally voice of Stephen Kropa. Hello! <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for coming back. I'm so excited. This is my one claim to fame. Uh, Stephen, who are you going to be playing I'm for us? I'm stepping in to let me get the voice on. Jubna. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. After all this right? time. After all this time. Like a glove. Uh, the Gamoran. And he's now gone on to do great things. What great things would those be? Following his father's footsteps. Uh, he is the number two guy on Timo the Hutt's bodyguard staff. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I think our last episode, his battle day, awoken something into him. And he kind of felt his force and destiny. Of fantasy flight games, got that? Yes, we'll, we'll be playing some of those things. So, so how? Uh, yeah. How's you know he's following his father's footsteps? Mm-hmm. Um, what? Where is he in the organization? Uh, he was number two, right behind old dad. Ooh, uh, dad's about to step down. So, uh, it's essentially uh, Jiro dreams of sushi, but with pig-faced people. Oh, and uh, uh, racists out there, please don't take that another way. Yeah. Actually, if we could have all the racists turn off the program, this isn't for you. Yes. This is not for you. We There's no room at the inn for you, racists. Um, how is he liking his life right now? He should, you know, anyone with a quarter-life crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyone who hits their quarter-life has a crisis. Uh, he should be happy. He's gotten everything. He, he's He's... Strong with a vibroax, he gets to stand at the right hand of the assumed leader of the the planet, and you know he's not. Something wow. something's missing. Something that should be simple. If wow. we're gonna get into this level of uh, character description, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I feel like I should also yeah. note that uh, Musafa is in a similar uh, place. A pl- place. I don't want to say 
a quarter life crisis because as we all know, Jawas live to be a thousand years old. They do, yeah. So, so this is an just, eighth life crisis. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Twenty six divided by two. Yeah, thirteen. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can tell that somebody here is a school teacher, and somebody here is not Mike a teacher. Hello, <laughs> I run Mike. lunch. I, I run lunch and recess and after school. Don't mm. do when I'm teaching. Ooh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Musa- everyone feel comfortable that Stephen Kropa is not responsible for educating their nope, kids. I just. Taught someone how to play checkers today. That's the most teaching I've done all year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Musafa is also <laughs> feeling pretty blue right now. There's a general ennui that he wears like a second cloak. I think we share the feeling of we saw our best friend leave and we stayed home. It's like staying at the hometown and we're just waiting for whatever Thanksgiving would be. Yeah, our best friend Bingo that uh, <laughs> was never mentioned in the previous podcast <laughs> right. and is not Tris Valentine. Right. No. Yeah. All right. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the first question that I have for you guys is how much do you pay attention to general galactic news? Are you mostly thinking about like your own life on Tatooine and worried about day-to-day tasks or are you focused on, you know, larger things offside Tatooine? Musafa is kind of focused on um, the immediate surroundings of him. Mm-hmm. He's... V- tries to remain in the moment uh, because he tries to be present as a way of coping with uh, the crushing loneliness um, <laughs> of the day-to-day life on, mm-hmm. in Mos Eisley. Yeah, he doesn't pay too much to Twitter, okay. uh, too much attention, um, but he also would like to one day maybe uh, contribute to the galactic conversation that we're all having uh, with, through his art. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Through his art, which he's going to get around to tackling one of these days. And what about Jubna? Jubna can see, he he can see the forest, but he can't see the trees. So he knows something's going on. He can see, like, if it, how it will affect his day to day life. But, like, if he had, like, a a conspiracy board, he would have the pictures up, but there would be no red lines connecting anything. Ah. Okay. So, one thing that you know then Mm -hmm. that uh, probably Musafa doesn't. (laughs) So Tris Valentine is the most wanted man in the galaxy. Mm. Uh, your childhood friend has has gone on to become the number one person, him and his companions, on the Empire's wanted list. Yes, but he doesn't understand that's a bad thing. Yeah, or a good thing. <laughs> right. He's just like, oh, yeah, he's popular. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Jubna would have told Musafa this. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so Musafa is aware. Musafa is aware. Okay. okay. Only through me. He's a little. He's a little proud and he's a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can I can get that. All right guys, well I think we're ready to start your journey. And to Hooray. do that, I need you guys to make the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars role playing game <laughs> Force and Destiny role. Why has anyone referenced that yet? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. How many words were in that <laughs> sentence? <laughs> so to do that, you just need to roll this white die and tell me any how many light side or dark side points are there. I have one Dark dot. So one dark side point. I have two white. And I've got two light. So you have, hey, it's a pretty good way to start. Four light side, one dark side. And just to remind you guys, you can flip these points at any time to add elements to the universe. You know, if you are in the middle of a fight and you want there to be two decorative swords on the wall that you can grab, you can flip a light side point to do that. Or if you are doing a tough roll and you want to make it easier for yourself, you can flip a light side point to do that. Okay. Um, All right. 
All right. So with that, uh, we start our story with the credits slowly rolling uh, over this long panning shot of a transport ship. There are a lot of people on this transport ship. Some of them are traders that are sort of dressed in a gangstery sort of chic. It's not something that high society would consider classy, but they're flashing a lot of expensive jewelry, drinking expensive liquors, that sort of thing. It's clear that these people are making their money from a criminal element and uh, displaying their power that way. There are also dancers and folks who are serving, you know, drinks and uh, other substances to people on this transport. Slowly panning back, we start to see you know, tougher looking thugs, people with weapons, people uh, with steely eyed gazes looking around the room. Even further back, we see people dressed in understated, more elegant clothing, uh, something that says, you know, these people have a little bit more status and they flash their power in a less gaudy way. The camera moves around and you see a large, corpulent hut smoking uh one of the hookahs that huts are prone to smoke this hut has a nasty scar running down its face as it pulls in a huge plume of smoke and spits it out that smoke washes over the other row of chairs which are a lot more empty and we see those more empty chairs as the smoke rolls over jubna and musafa sitting side by side next to each other um, I want you guys to describe the way your characters look now, as they are 26, about 13 years have passed. Coughing from mm-hmm. the smoke. Jubna is looking out the window and can see his own reflection and kind of sees doing that thought that we all have of, is this is that the real me? The one that's passing by? <laughs> Musafa is dressed in typical... <laughs> Uh, Jawa garb. He's got a cool brown robe. Oh, so cool. And it's a little personalized Mm. because it says on the back, Musafa. It says on the back, Musafa. And (laughs) like, like like you're entering the boxing ring. Is it, is this (laughs) stitched or bedazzled or? It's, um, embroidered Mm -hmm. like in the Iron Maiden font. (laughs) It says Musafa. And he's, got a cool utility belt that's got some knickknacks on it and he's currently uh, struggling with a particularly difficult game of sudoku <laughs> he is, keeps crossing stuff out and erasing and crossing stuff out and erasing and he <laughs> he leans over to jubna as if to ask jubna for help and then thinks better of it <laughs> and then just goes ah! and he crumples it up into a ball and when no one's looking Drops it underneath his seat. Right. Yes, essentially littering. <laughs> uh, Jebna is, uh, has his feet up on the seat. It's kind of like those metro trains where there's the two seats that face each other. He has his feet up on the opposing seat. Inspired by an adventure that we may have heard, is wearing a vest. And no, it can can feel the tension from Musafa. And goes and picks up the, the paper underneath. And tries to continue the game. But he just starts drawing more and happy faces, which are just happy faces, but with little tusks. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Musafa sees this and he just so the v- listeners understand, he's also wearing a vest underneath his robe. 
um, maybe inspired by another adventure that is canon. And <laughs> he speaks for the first time in the last hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And he says, yes, Jabna, I see you've made some quite some progress on the Sudoku. I think I get it. Yes, very nice. Look at this, this, those beautiful numbers you're drawing in the Sudoku fields as the game Sudoku is played. <laughs> this, it's perfect. I'm not being sarcastic, <laughs> Jabna. I understand. I, oh, Musafa, I don't know anymore. About. And I, and he crumples up the paper and then puts it back underneath your seat. About, you don't know about when the in-flight movie will be? <laughs> Because they promised us that we would have a feature-length film, and I haven't seen Jack shit. <laughs> I don't even know why we bother. You know, it's like that puzzle. Once you once you know how to do it, what's the fun anymore? Well, some puzzles are different, slightly. And just because you've done one doesn't mean that it's not worth it to do another one. Besides, it makes the time go by. Hope everyone's having a good time back there. Sorry about the in-flight entertainment. Turns out it's busted, so no movie. However, I do have good news. If you look out the right side of the craft, you'll see uh, we're going to be pulling into Findar very soon. So, uh, everybody prepare for landing. Put your trays up. Uh, seats in the back. How nice of him to tell position. us that there's no movie when we're almost at Fiddler! Well, thank you! Musafa screams! What could have been nicer no earlier? Besides, this food was crap! But at least Fiddler is a fun location. We are going to have fun. Maybe we meet someone there. In Musafa's hand, there is a brochure yes. that has been printed out for Findar, advertising it as the best vacation destination in the galaxy. Uh, there are pictures of bright sandy beaches, exotic tropical jungles, and lizard people that presumably someone would find sexually attractive. Yes, um, and that person is Musafa. <laughs> Look how hot these lizards are, these lizard babes. And the beaches are wet, and the forests are shade-filled, like the inside of my robe. Mustafa, I didn't, I brought you along because I wanted you to kind of support me along this, this, this was supposed to be a different, I have other plans for this trip than what we're going on right now. Other plans besides putting a smile on that big, handsome Gamoran face of yours? Stop, stop. You're good-looking Gamoran. And it's about time you realize it. I just don't know what I'm going to do without Gora. Look, Gora was not right for you. Don't say no. Don't no. 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 She was it's perfect. Over. No, she was. I know it's over. She's with Gorbon now. now. Jumna is looking at Facebook. <laughs> Star Wars. Seriously, Facebook. you are not allowed to look at that. Let <laughs> me. No, no. Hold on. I have you up, updated to the new the new operating system? Of course, I'm not an idiot. No, there's a new one you don't know about. Let me see that real quick. And I'd like to roll for sabotaging his uh, his comm link of or whatever. Of course, yeah. So this is going to be of average difficulty. So you're going to be rolling against... Of course I did that. You're going to be rolling against two purple dice. Thankfully, my class is saboteur. It has the word of the skill I am using right now. 
Seriously, am I an idiot? I can't find sabotage. Oh, okay. No, computers is what you'd be using to sabotage a... I see a yellow and a green. Yeah. Okay. It looks like roll, I got a thousand hits. Roll these two purple <laughs> dice. Okay, so that is one success. Uh, that's it. It's just one success. So with that, how do you sabotage this subtly? You know, he wouldn't be able to trace it back to you like visually it's not like you just like smashed no, it no there's a well known flaw <laughs> in this model of comlink that if you hold down the power button and then touch the top volume button 16 times in a row in fast succession you can freeze you can brick this the phone this was a, a, a well known flaw that perhaps jabna is not aware of Perfect. So, yeah, he grabs your phone from you. He Thanks. touches the volume button a bunch. Oh, it looks like your battery died. What? I just char- I was been charging it the whole time. Yeah, I guess it must be something to do about being near Findar or something, but it's a sign from, from above that maybe you shouldn't be looking at your ex-girlfriend's Facebook. Just... We're about to have a great time in Findar. What was her name again? Gora. 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 And I said you, Gora. she left yeah. you for Gorban. Gorban, right. A similar name. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, I just, I'll, I'll have to go through the pictures in my mind then. Well, at least you'll There's be... There's no software update for that. Not one that I've found yet, unfortunately, my friend. At least you'll be using your imagination. So we look to the window. And out the window, we can see the swirling clouds over the brown and greenish world that is Findar. There is, floating in Findar's orbit, the massive Findar station, uh, the basic control tower where most ships have to pass through. Uh, We see this Hutties transport ship fly by, unmolested by that, as Timo the Hut, being very influential, has permission to land on the planet's surface. You guys break down through the clouds on Findar into a rainstorm. Uh, It is torrentially pouring down. As you look out your window over the landscape of Findar, you see a lot of scattered uh, forest and marshland. Uh, You see the sort of elevated pathways created by the citizens of Findar so that they can exist on this harsh, jungly planet. And you land next to a building that to both of you looks very old. Which uh, is saying something because you're from Tatooine where everything looks old and terrible. Lightning crashes behind it, illuminating it. It is a (gasps) 10-story building uh, that looks like it at one time would have been considered to have a very luxurious decorating sense. Uh, These days, though, it's really, really old looking. It must be at least 200 years old. But this is the Surix Hotel. The hotel that uh, you, Jubna, booked based on the pictures on the website that uh, they had. Uh, This is the supposedly grand and luxurious place where Timo the Hutt will be spending his stay at the Bike Work Week Bounty Hunting Convention. Ten credits I hear about this. What? I mean, like, ten credits. I bet you ten credits that Timo does not like what I just what I what I did. What you booked? What I booked, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't have ten credits on me right <laughs> no, now. No, no, I was You're saying that yes, this place 
freaking sucks. Was, yeah, this does not look like the brochure at all. No, it does. No, it's right there in the in page. It looks right. better than the brochure. <laughs> look at the beautiful skywalks. Look at the 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 cool uh, portcullises and the gargoyles. <laughs> Are those gargoyles? Freaking gargoyles on the, right, the top on. of the roof. Okay. This looks amazing. All right, let's let's break out some sun sticks. I we'll, wonder we'll, if they have an indoor we'll, pool. We can just stand outside. We gotta get. We gotta get. Timo's gotta go inside, un, unencumbered. We gotta break out sun sticks, float them up, dry out the area. Okay. Okay, everyone. We've landed on sunny Finder. It's raining outside. <laughs> this guy did, is not a very good pilot. Or announcer who sits next to the pilot. I liked his safety video. It was like fun. It wasn't the normal like, you know, regular video. He he did it in a rap. Yeah, I liked it when he said, "This is not your usual safety video." <laughs> at the top, right? We like of, to, we, we we're allowed to have fun here. That, it was all know. downhill after that, though. <laughs> Let's see what he has anything else to say. Everyone, please gather your things. Uh, make sure that you've got all your possessions. As uh, the transport craft has other huts to transport. Musafa reaches under his seat and takes out his his blaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he holds onto it like it's a precious child. Yes, I have grabbed my things. And I also grabbed this rolling backpack. If everyone exiting the ship will make sure that they have all their possessions ready for customs, we'll uh, get you through customs really quickly. And I'll be on my way. I want to thank Timo the Hut for traveling with us. Uh, He's a priority member. Hutness, uh, really thank you for gracing our seats with, with your slug body. Okay. The intercom crackles out and you see a lot of the people... On the craft, mumbling, grabbing their things from the overhead bins on the transport. Why do people stand before they can get off? Like, yes, it's like, what are you in a hurry to go right. to? We're all going to get off eventually. Yes. Just, just sit. You're still I personally like to wait until everyone has gone. And then I will look at all the other seats as I leave to see if anyone left anything behind. Right. And then I will try to return it to myself. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, the five-finger discount. I steal. You go. Things. I was going to say you got a discount for having five fingers. That's nice. I have five fingers between my two hands. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a normal Jawa. <laughs> Most of the crowds uh, are getting off. Your honor guard, Jubna, uh, that you're commanding, has walked off, created a line, and put up a rain barrier uh, using some sort of force field. Uh, the rain sort of goes off in the uh, sides around it. Their uh, sun sticks are kind of like those. They crack like a like mm. a like a glow stick. Like a glow like stick. A glow <laughs> stick. <laughs> one of the words in sun stick. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like a glow stick, but they they but they float. You know, sl- slightly higher than the person walking underneath it. So it ah uh, caskets it. Yes. And uh, the people not in the honor guard are sweeping away water mm-hmm. um, from the sides of it, and we see. Elevating from the platform he was sitting on on a hovering disc, slowly eking forward, is Timo the Hut. I feel like it's like a dolly, like a floating dolly, mm -hmm. and I have to push it from behind, (laughs) almost like a pram. Yeah, he (laughs) lazily turns an eye to you with hookah smoke billowing up out of his face, not saying a thing, Mm -hmm. just indicating to you that he now wants to move. All right, uh... I should not be standing next no. to you right now, right? Just to no, be clear. No. Just uh, walk, walk slightly. You need to grab my bags. So I need to. I need okay, to push. I'll grab your bags. Simo. I'll walk with the normies. 
No, you can walk slightly ahead of the normies, but far enough behind us that it doesn't look like you're with us. This vibra axe is very heavy. Yeah, Jubna's bags are enormous. Jubna has I a, overpacked. a five brawn, which is ludicrous. He thinks very, very heavy things are just normal and easy to lift. And Musafa is of the yes and mindset right now, and he's trying to move it for his friend. Uh, Jebna, you are pushing Timo along. Mm. You get him down the ramp off the ship, and lightning strikes again, illuminating the hotel. Joy Kusa Atpa! That was lightning, and in front of us is a hotel. Chobadia Yuna Puna Motal! Akraruba Venpunu! He shoots the rest of Tatooine! Yes, what are we laughing at? Can someone, can I get a droid to help me with this axe and this big duffel bag, please? (laughs) What the uh, one droid that hears you is a protocol droid, so it like C3PO's its way over (laughs) and like awkwardly tries to bend down and picks up the smallest bag. Yes. Okay, that that's very helpful, you stupid droid. At Motal Stukahiru Dopa Senti Rotasa. What better to exemplify the the rain that you will have? Upa Ploso At Motal Stuka Rotasa Meye Hut Shuta. Yeah, but it doesn't look like it. Akrachuba Venwicho Yasa Kikito Duba. Sir, this is the, this is it. This is the top of the tops, the tip of the taps. Chut chut, miwiso miusa kunatuna findar. Wanvo huna atna punu nuchambra om findar. Sungri konfus skalasmak mikiyuna. Hey, you guys, uh, they totally do have a pool. I just saw from the window. It appears there's an indoor pool. This is freaking awesome! Oh my god! Wait, okay. I, I'm about this close to doing a cannonball. Jabna, kusahi, mihagwachim tinkasahi, apchim tinkasahi. No, you don't know. That's a, that's a, you know, an intern from the local university. Oh! It's, it's, we can't have slaves anymore, but it's a slave. Timo! Gigi Kavachis Shango! You know, I'm trying to like, Make it look like we're we're putting our best, you know, tail forward. Eniki Mistuka. He gives you a hideous Hutties wink. Ooh, are you alright? Yeah, he, he reaches into a bowl of living things that he has balanced on his horrible stomach. He pulls one out and it squeals slightly as he shoves it into his greasy mouth. You know, don't don't ruin your supper. Eniki ya! Mistuka findar con grandio yafuki yunapuna. Yeah, we we got we got everything. We got the whole suite set up, room service, anything you want. You don't have to pick up the phone. Just think it; it's there. Jabna chuba akra peach mijus g. No, no. Chuba akra peach mijus. I couldn't. Chuba chuba akra mijus. No, I mean I am, but no. Eniki chuba pus miki yuna wabda. Okay. Mi kunata bolo yokochaka chon panwa. Yes, you need to you need to lay down after that long flight where you 
Mibatasa killing me. Yeah. Yeah. So two Gamorian members of the honor guard come over. They nod to you and they start pushing him. And then there's a bump. It's something that like sort of jars him a little bit. He waves and instantly slaps one of the Gamorians to the ground that was pushing him. Everybody sort of tenses and freezes up. Haku akra chuba hagda. Sukta chuba wanta yatuka floto pa batima. Now, now. Crispo dagado. He seems like he's down already. Kiki yuna crispo dagado. Musafa takes out his blaster. Seriously? No, 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 no. Doesn't need to die. No one needs to die here. Sir, I think they kick us out of the hotel if we killed someone at their front steps, you know? All right. Sounds like you are trying to talk this hut down. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a difficulty of three. And I am going to need either a leadership role from you, uh, something based on presence, if you have anything based on Mm. presence. Let me take a look at it. It might make it easier. So you don't have any skills that Musafa would shoots him fit in the face. this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you do have a presence of two. Great. Uh, so that would be two green dice we'll that. that you're rolling against it. Okay. And if it's important to you at any point, you can flip a light side point. Oh, no. Not right now. All right. So Damn. roll all those dice. Oh, my goodness. It's a success. Yeah. It's model victory. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a success with lots of threats. One success and three threats. There are people who have their vibro axes ready to to go over and kill them. And you sort of jump in and go, no, we don't want to get kicked out. You know, Findar's all sold out. Mm -hmm. And Timo sort of looks at you, you know, his his one good eye looking you up and down. Mi panwa duermo pawa. Chuba Akra Peachy Mejus. He's the Peach Mejus. I'm not, no. I mean, I am, but no. Eniki Chess Ua Suhikapa. Miki Yuna Yatuka Tal Motel. Mipanwada Atima. There's a scream with another thunder crash as this Gamoran has his hand cut off and he is being treated by a medical droid who's at the back of this large procession heading into the hotel. But you guys are now um, in the inside of the hotel. You can see it's a bit musty, dusty, poorly lit, but there is sort of a classic charm to this place. Thank you. You can see Findians uh, dressed up in formal attire, uh, standing around the building, loading up luggage carts, taking them to the rooms, directing the Gamorans who are pushing Timo's hover disc into the lounge area. And there is the front desk seated in the middle of the entryway with a grand, it looks like the entire front desk area has been carved from a single piece of wood. It's got a very earthy feel to it on top of its uh, sort of colonial gothic attire and uh, decoration. Before we approach that, I just want to <laughs> confide into Jabna's ear that, seriously, Timo doesn't recognize me? I feel like I've sabotaged a hundred pod races for him. No, you have. You know, I keep those books. It, it, it's, it's. I've killed so many pod I racers know. at his oh, request. And you're the best, and I keep forward in your name, and he's just like, I, I guess I'll try a new guy. I never told you that, but... He wanted to try a new guy? No, he he thinks you're a new guy anytime I suggest you. I've... 
He's I've like, got I a got... 100 to 0 kill death ratio at killing pod racers that he wants dead. I know. I know. Okay, whatever. I guess I'll be the intern. At least this place is just, freaking yeah, awesome. No, you'll be, you and I, we have to just get him in. He's got a whole schedule going on, and I got I to gotta do one thing. You know, to Good work. job on not killing that oh, Gamoran, by the way. It's hard to find good Gamorans this time, you know? Yeah, especially. Oh, all right. Well, you know, not everyone should feel as bad as I do. For you guys, I need you to make perception checks. Okay. We need to use the face one. This is going to be an <laughs> average roll. That face die is for me to come up with NPCs. Ooh. Oh, and uh, this is an average roll, so you're rolling against two purple dice. Okay. okay. Holy crap. So, yeah, uh, looks like they're both successful. Bin Bond's check, Musafa's check is unbelievably successful. <laughs> You have five successes and three advantages. Jubna, you Mm -hmm. see standing at the desk, it looks like a Trandoshan. So another lizard um, in the Sea of Lizards. This this Trandoshan has a dusty orange-reddish complexion, and he's wearing a gray space suit. You recognize him. Because he is a known associate of Jabba's crew of bounty hunters. Jabba employs dozens of bounty hunters across the galaxy to pursue his various criminal interests. This fellow in particular works a lot on Tatooine. You've seen him around and he's interfered with your operations and Timo's operations before. He's one of the faces that you know about, the honor guard knows about, Mm -hmm. but Timo himself doesn't bother with details like that. You you see uh, at at his weapons side, Musafa, he has several high-powered blasters. And you can tell instantly that they've been modified for puncturing high-powered armor or dense skin. This is the sort of weapon that you would use to assassinate a very large creature. You mean like maybe a a hut? (laughs) Yes. Wait, that's a leap. I think... That's maybe an elephant. Okay, there we go. But yeah, you've yeah. seen modifications like this before. You know, w- a one shot from this can take down a bantha. One shot. One shot from this. Mm-hmm. Shot. shot. You also see various electronic disruptors at his side as well. This is typical bounty hunting gear, though the modifications on those weapons, they're hard to get. They're expensive. Yes. But he appears to be flirting with the representative at the desk who's looking like a little bit uncomfortable. She's right now dealing with a lot of people, and it does not appear that there's too much front desk staff back there. And let's see... Is there anything? Is she a Findanese? She is Findian. Findian. Yeah. Yes. And she is, uh, would you say she is a beautiful lizard? Why don't you describe her? Ah, yes. She is the Argonian maid that is described in the Elder Scrolls series. uh, Which is to say she is a beautiful lizard woman. She has, she kind of looks like a a smiling, one of those smiling geckos, Mm -hmm. Uh, but more humanoid. And she has wonderful piercing yellow eyes, as well as a very nice sort of pearl necklace. And she has like a Bluetooth device, something that would look like a Bluetooth (laughs) device in the world of man. But on this planet, 
it is also sort of a fa- it was a Bluetooth device. Yeah. Have I described a Bluetooth device? I feel like you've described a Bluetooth device. I don't yes. know. You haven't described it. You've just said Bluetooth. Device. Okay. It is a Bluetooth <laughs> device. Anyway, yeah, she's she's pitch black. She's onyx colored and has yellow eyes. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's up there right now dealing with him. But there's a lot of other activity around the hotel. And she looks uncomfortable talking to this guy. She. Like, you can definitely sense it from here. Yeah. Musafa senses this damsel in distress, <laughs> and he saunters over. Mu, don't, don't do anything crazy. Uh, look, we're on vacation. Excuse me? Excuse me? The... Does she have a name tag on? Yes, and it is Hesity. Hello there, Hesity. So she, she like, looks up from the Trandoshan. The, Trando- the Trandoshan, like, stops turns around to give you a glare hold on sugar i'll be with you in one second i just gotta deal with this customer right here okay that's fine i just wanted to let you know that your boyfriend is is gonna be a little late to your dinner plans later uh on account of he just got in this big brawl that he emerged victorious from in the convention center with some of the other bounty hunters and you wouldn't believe it there's blood of all colors it's pretty much, it's going to be a hassle to clean up. Seriously, this guy, he's got a freaking lightsaber. He beheaded, he beheaded um, this, uh, this renegade stormtrooper bounty hunter. It was disgusting. Seriously, this guy, the odds were stacked against your boyfriend, but he's going to be late because he's got to uh, do some interviews with Bounty Hunter magazine. Jumpnut's mouth is a game. You have <laughs> so you need to roll a deception for that. I am going to give you a blue die because that was a great start, but it is going to be rolling against that. Wow! So that is two purple and a red. That is another overwhelming success. <laughs> Despite it being a fairly difficult role, you have two successes. So the Trandoshan squints at you, and he blinks one of those sideways Mm. lizard blinks. I think I'll just take my key and go. He grabs his key card from the top of the counter. Um, We make eye contact for a second. I stare in his face unflinchingly. I look back over to the fin- Findarian. And she's looking like really uncomfortable, not sure what to do in this situation. Be sure to send an extra pillow. And he walks past you, bumping into you. And it's not like the sort of regular shoulder bump because you are three <laughs> feet tall. He needs and he's you. like, yeah, he's like his thigh brushes three against your shoulder. Three feet tall is what it says on my driver's license. <laughs> It's not accurate. I'm, I'm two foot eight. I fudged it. The four inches. Who's counting? It's so important to some women. There's two stupid inches. Mm-hmm. Four. Four inches. Um, but who's counting? Not me. Anyway. Hey, sorry about that guy. He seemed like a real square. What was eating him? Oh, sugar. Thank you so much. I get all kinds passing through here, but bike has been the most difficult convention that we've ever had. Yeah, I know. I'm, believe me, I am not a bounty hunter. I just know some of these guys. Oh, but you're in town for bike. I'm in town for vacation. My friend brought me here. Jebna walks up to the desk and rings the bell. 
One second, uh, Jebna. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, is that your friend? Yeah, okay. This big hunk of meat right here, this <laughs> bantha fodder, he's my big buddy. Oh, well, hello. Welcome to Findar. Does this turn the lights on off? No, <laughs> no. He's funny. And thunder, st- uh, lightning strikes outside, and the lights in the room flicker a little bit. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, guys. We've been having problems with the power grid recently. Uh, they're need, working on it. Do you need me to? I, I'm quite skilled with fixing and breaking things, but I, I could take a look at your power grid. You should just move this bell from the front desk. Clearly, it just turned the lights off. i do it one more time. <laughs> is there lightning again? You like, James, wait. is there lightning? There's no lightning. There's no lightning. The rule of threes. Do it one more time. All right. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> well, you know, if you're an engineer, that would be wonderful. We've been trying to get a repair person to take a look at it. Our guy is completely useless for anything that's bigger bigger than a doorway. <laughs> yes. Well, sure. Here, take my card. It says, uh, uh, that's your height. That's the first thing. It says, I'm three feet tall. <laughs> and it says, must fix Musafa. And he's like, yes, that's, that's me. I'm Musafa. Uh, but you can call me, uh, you can call me Bin Bon. Bin Bon. Oh, that's a sweet name. And, um, when can I call you? Uh, oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm Hesity. I'm guest relations here i'm gonna be working the night shift so if y'all need anything past hours of eight y'all just ring the front desk and i'll be able to get it for is you is it a bell like this or no 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 that, it's a that's an expression that's a fendian thing here on okay. fender uh we, we we say ring when we mean call so uh, just that's on your actually, calm we say that on tatooine as well i'm oh. confused as to what did you what are you saying jabna ring well she said ring and this this little bell on the desk that, if she that wants, clearly turns the lights on. If she and wants off. to talk about rings, we can talk about a ring. Uh, oh, you little charmer! I, I wink one of my yellow glowing orb eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all with a hut party? Uh, Jumna does another double take to the bell and then goes, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, uh, uh, I'm Jubna. Uh, I'm the." Oh, Jebna, yes, yes, you're you're I the person that we be, were communicating right, with. Right, right, right. I sent those. So I've got y'all's holograms. room keys right here. Great. This should be. Slides it across to you. I take them. <clears throat> looking over them, I go, okay, that's good for the hut. Sweet for them. Uh, we have my uh, my honor guard set up. Uh, there should be a there should be two twin beds in the last room. Not <laughs> not a double bed. Wait, I thought you got the bachelor suite. I got I got. It's a room with two. It should be two beds, two twins. Oh shoot! I told you to get the pleasure chamber. No, we're not sharing the pleasure. Well, I. Uh, Y'all, I'm so sorry. Must have been a mix-up in the computer, or or maybe Thorlax didn't hear it right. Is Thorlax on shift? Can I talk to Thorlax? He's on the day shift, Shug. Sorry about that. So, yeah, uh, the that last room's only got one double bed. Dibs. No, we, no. I call dibs. You wouldn't be on this trip without me anyway. You wouldn't get the bed. Why would you get the bed if I if I brought you on the trip? Well, look. Is there a couch in the room? You're small enough for a couch. Who's going to end up using the bed? Both of us. We're going to be sleeping. Sorry. We don't We don't have any couches in the room and all the cots. The last are, guy asked for extra pillows. Can we get extra pillows? I can get y'all extra we pillows. Get, we we'll take a, whole... a victory if one presents itself. <laughs> 
Well, I like your attitudes. All right. I'm so sorry about that room. It's just bike oh. is crazy. Right, this is know. the first time in a very long time that we've booked out every room in this hotel. Hmm. Well, um, congrats. Here. She grabs two tickets and slides them across the table. These are good for one free drink in the lounge. Ooh. I am sorry that we were not able to accommodate your request. The Surics, we uh, hold ourselves to a higher standard of hospitality that reflects the values of Fender. So I'm so sorry that this happened to y'all. And I hope your stay here for a bike is just great. Just one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there... Are there hours on the indoor pool that I spotted? Does it, is there a time when I maybe could not go? Is it they're too late? I'm a little bit of a, a night swimmer, as it may be. <laughs> I don't think the pool has hours. Is uh, there a lifeguard on duty? Because he's kind of small. I'm small, and I, I've never swum before, but I've watched many hollow vids of people swimming on other planets that have moisture more than just uh, beads of beads of moisture. Right. Well, we don't have any uh, sort of... Lifeguard on duty, but uh, that's okay. I'll figure it out. There's there's one of those emergency donuts on the wall. We'll just use that. Yeah, yeah. and we only put towels out at eight, two, and twelve. So uh, a.m. or p.m. Are you on? What sort of time system is this planet on? I didn't get a chance to read. Indian time. Indian time. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I like it. Well, thanks for everything. Well, it was so nice to meet you, Ben Bon. Jubna. Mm-hmm. It was nice to meet you, madame. Thank y'all for staying with us here at the Cirques. And if you need anything, don't hesitate to call. You don't hesitate to call. And I'll see about that power grid. And call means ring. And ring a ding ding. <laughs> I'll just have to get my supervisor to approve this, but I'm sure we would love to have an engineer take a look at the building. Wonderful. Uh, Jubna takes the two drink tickets and puts them in his vest pocket. I... And goes, I guess their values are, if they screw up, drink about it and forget. Yes. Same as on Tatooine. <laughs> Same as everywhere, my friend. Same as everywhere. Ah, she was pretty cute. Was she? <laughs> y- yeah. Did, did, uh, hey. I don't know. I just. We're going to find you love. No, but... and it's not the pur- purpose. I got one thing to do and then I'm just going to read. I'm going to charm them and then pass them off to you. Oh, I thought you were going to say harm him, and I was going to say no. Don't, I'm not don't. going to harm him. Okay. He's that that bounty hunter. No, his, I know. His, that's, that's did you real... see his blaster? It was modified for killing a the Death Star, or freaking something. <laughs> it was that the mods what? I've seen on that were. I've only seen those on Star Wars YouTube. You can edit that out, James. But <laughs> I don't know what YouTube is called in Star Wars. I'm a casual fan. <laughs> Not editing that. Not a chance no. that I'll edit out Star Wars YouTube. Your fans are going to hate me and kill me. They're going to write about me on the Reddit and say that guy doesn't even know the name of Star Wars YouTube. <laughs> anyway. Wouldn't it be R2 Tube? R2 Tube. R2 Tube, yes. There we go. That's what I said. Redcon. <laughs> yeah, his blasters. Seriously, right. keep an eye on that guy. On him or his blasters? I know both. Honestly, just him. Oh. Because was he going to fire his blasters remotely? Like we you did that to, you know, kill that one racer. Yeah, that was He thought it was cameras, so he put his hands up to take a picture. And then, and then he got shot. He was hit by a powerful blast. It increased blast damage dealt by explosive explosive weapons and grenades by one. <laughs> rank per po- rank of powerful blast. It is a skill I possess. <laughs> and he met his demise. Thankfully, he was also a bad guy. 
That's how I justify killing him. And how I justify killing most pod racers. <laughs> the elevator arrives at that moment. <laughs> Ding! All right, well. The elevator opens up and you see an older Findian man wearing a hotel uniform. And he's got his hands on like a complicated dial. Oh, welcome to Findar. What floor can I take y'all to? Well, we got to drop off these room keys and that's on the top floor of the suite. And we're on... Y'all, y'all dropping the keys off of the suite? We're dropping the keys off of the suite. You're going to drop them off with the people going to stay in the suite? Yes, right. And then we have a... We are sharing a, a, a tiny room because of some sort of clerical error? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not lovers, if that is why you are laughing. I do love him. And I love him as a friend platonically, but that is just that. And sure, maybe one time we had to share a bunk. Back on Tatooine, our home planet, and maybe something happened, but... No, 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 no. jowls are falling. It's not the values of Findar to judge people based on their sexual preferences. It's not preference, it was just a... However improbable they may be. We were both completely asleep, having a sexy dream. At least I was having a sexy dream. I don't know what you were having, but I, I woke up... And we were smooching. No, no, I don't know what it's like. We were kissing, sir. We were kissing. The dust planet that y'all's are from, but but where where, where I'm from on Findar, we don't discuss sexual activities with strangers we have just met in elevators. All right. Well, that might be a difference of value that we will have to reconcile. All right. Just take us to the freaking floor, please. I don't know why I told you all of that. (laughs) We're going to the floor. And he operates the turbo lift so that it goes down. Ooh, I thought we were going up. Looks like there's some subterranean floors on this. This is pretty nice. So do you, do you live nearby or do you commute to work? Or uh, Most employees will actually live in the hotel. And the room that y'all's going to be occupying is on the lower floor. Oh, in the bowels of the hotel. I guess we'll go to our room first and then... Drop the keys off later. Yeah, I've been carrying around this insanely heavy axe. (laughs) Yeah, where's my duffel bag, by the way? Oh, shoot. You see, we see a (laughs) protocol droid like slowly dragging it across the ground. Oh, I do hope I'll be able to get inside soon. (laughs) It was a small duffel, at least. Right, that's just all my change of clothes, and all right, it's okay. All right. Yes. So, sir, um,. Do you, uh, what do you do? Where do the kids drink around here? Well, most people would drink in the lounge. I will say this hotel has seen better decades, but that lounge is still as beautiful as ever. It's something that our owner, Shimei Surix III, really takes pride in. You know, it's not often these days that you see someone really throw themselves into their work and... Shimei has let a couple things slide over the years, but that lounge is grand and beautiful. If I were to die, I'd want to die in that lounge. Someone hit the bell. (laughs) Yeah. The lights flicker, um, and you can see, like, in the darkness, the only things visible are, of course, Bin Bon's eyes and the sort of milky orbs that uh, this Findian man has. Um, but the lights come back on. The turbo lift reaches uh, the bottom floor, which opens up 
and you can see this floor must have been a interesting attraction mm-hmm. uh, in the halcyon days when this hotel was younger. There are large circular windows on either side of the hallway that show a murky underwater scene of the marshy water that covers the surface of Findar. You can sort of see sea life. It might just be that uh, there's a lot of rain kicking up dirt and dust uh, along the sea floor. And it might be that there's a lot of algae now growing over the outside of the windows. Uh, You can't see much, but it was probably beautiful at one point. It's beautiful now. Look at this. We are on the belly of this planet. We're literally the opposite of what we usually live in. Yeah, yeah, a world of dust and sand. And now a world of water and the dust of the ocean. Algae. algae. <laughs> yes. Well, mister, I hope you don't end up dying in that lounge or dying anytime soon. I wish you good health. Yes, many years to come. And uh... Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. I wish you a wonderful stay here at the Surex, and I hope that we can provide you with the service that we have become known for across the galaxy. Uh, Jubnad open, uh, takes his takes one of the drink tickets out and gives it to the elevator uh, operator. As he starts to give that to it, <laughs> Binbon quickly grabs it from his hand and says, Thank you for reminding me that I could also claim one of these. And Jubnad takes the other one out and gives it to oh, the Oh, two for me! <laughs> no, no, no. And he kind of holds it over his head. What? Can't reach. what are you doing? He pulls it up and, you know. I only have 500 credits. Slowly falling off the ship, uh, the ticket and gives it to the elevator. Uh, <laughs> he takes it from yes. you and he stuffs it into his coat. Much obliged. Much obliged. Well. Uh, this way. And we point, we both point the opposite <laughs> direction. They, whoop. Uh, okay. Well, sure, sure, maybe we'll see you later. <laughs> that was the name of the guy you said on the place. Um, just a little joke for you. Uh, That's probably the third time you've heard that. That's wasn't that? It was his. Oh, because he is the third. The, the turbo lift <laughs> closes. Okay, no, that was good, Jumna. That was good. It was a joke. Do you want this drink token back? No, I'm not supposed to drink on the job. Oh, yeah, two is probably more than I can handle anyway. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get this vibra axe. <laughs> Am oh, I saying uh, that right? Yes. Okay. I'll take all right, and Jubna takes the axe from him and kind of puts it in his little slotted area on his back. Okay. Um. So you guys are faced with these two hallways that uh, sort of circle around into this uh, subterranean area, uh, or not subterranean, uh, just underwater area. And you can see that the lights down here are not working as well as the lights up there, which weren't working too well to begin with. Um, Some of them are flickering on and off. The floor here is a little bit dustier and dingier than it was upstairs. Um, And you think at the end of one of the halls, it's hard to tell because the lights are dim and flickering. You see a figure sort of standing in the distance. Hello! Hey! You there! Hey, hey! You call out, the the figure appears to turn to you, then the lights flicker, and they're gone. Whoa, I just got chills! Hello! Oh, wait, what? That guy's gone, did you see him? I thought you were talking to me! I was talking to you! I said I got chills because that guy- I thought the whole hello thing, I was like, I was here already. You were saying hello to me. (laughs) I wasn't looking at you, I was waving- That's why I thought it was odd! Jumna, 
Look, there was a secret. There was some sort of shadowy figure over there. And I said hello to him because honestly, sometimes when I get scared, I just like to greet people as if they're not going to kill me. And most of the time it freaking works. But anyway, he's gone now. Let's just find our room, put our stuff down. And get some drinks at the lounge. It sounds wonderful. We can get drink at the lounge. We can get drink. One drink for me. (laughs) Right. And you can get a water. I don't know if I want to drink this water. You can get some bantha milk. Ooh. Just like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys head down the hall uh, looking for your room. You know, it, it's more of the same as far as the scenery, um, but you get to the door and the doors here are nice. You know, there's a little bit of gold leaf laid over Ooh. the door. Um, it's sort of faded. Some of it's cracked away, but like, again, it's charming in its way. How does this key? It's it's, it's not – It's. Let me help you, you. No, is it, is it? Do you stick it in and then turn the knob, or is it? Oh, what about this? You, it's like a like one of those, uh, not a skeleton key, but like that kind of key where it inserts, but it's got like a little green buzzing light on the key, the mechanical lock. So it's a combination of mechanical lock and some sort of electronic I'm just lock. I, do I turn the handle when I put the key in? <laughs> no, or is you it, insert it. It's beautifully made. Look at this. Is it it's a pull gold or a push. It's a pull and a push. A pull and I, what pull, am I pulling? Am you, I pushing? You pull the door and then you push the door and How then do you I turn. push and pull the door? You pull, turn, I just feel like push. I'm, I just feel like I put my cheek against the door and I'm not doing anything. You've right cracked now. the lock a little bit. The door's now broken. <laughs> and the it, door creaks slowly. And now, yes, creaks and now open. it's open. And you guys see a small, cramped, but charming room with uh, nice furniture, a very outdated holovid television, and a small hollow communicator right next to the bed. The bed, of course, is a double bed. Mm-hmm. Um, very small for somebody of uh, Jubna's stature. Almost luxuriously enormous for Binbon. Well, it's no pleasure, Chamber, but this will do. I jump up on the bed. And I pick up a pillow and I smash Jabna in the face. Oh, oh, oh and he grabs his Vibrahex. No, 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 Jabna. Oh, oh. Just, just, oh. gotcha. I hit him again. Oh, 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 and lightning strikes the water. Stop hitting that bell! Right behind the window where uh, you look out over the hall. And it illuminates this large-looking Findian uh, who is pure white with large pink eyes. Uh, you can see them squint a little bit. They are wearing a hotel uniform. And they appear to be carrying two pillows under their arms. Ah, you must be the guy they sent for our extra pillows. We've already broken in some of these other pillows. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm here to give y'all extra pillows. Oh, I like this guy. Is the door, is the lock on the door broken? Yeah, we found it. It was busted. Well, that's unfortunate. It was wide. It was wide open. It yeah, wasn't this... that we didn't know how to open the door. Hotel is a wonderful place to stay, but hard to trust the different figures rolling around here for bike. You never know who might be staying next door. Having a broken door like that 
can expose you to all sorts of danger. What is with that bell? Yeah, they must really be ringing the bell outside. It's not a weather phenomenon. Um, <laughs> hey, buddy, uh, you know what? I'm actually pretty handy when it comes to fixing things and breaking things. Um, but I can just fix that door, so no, no worries about who might be staying next to us. Next to us, but do you know who's staying next to us? Any shadowy figures? Well, it's hard for me to remember. So many people here lack their privacy. Course. Something might be able to jog my memory. You mean like being tickled, my friend? <laughs> I go up and I start tickling him! He uh, reaches out a scaly hand and places it on your head to ah! sort of prevent you from... Someone doesn't want to be attacked by the... Now tickle what monster. in the hell is this? What? I just thought maybe... I don't know. I, I don't Mus- know. Mustafa, I don't understand. You tell that story about us that one time... You start tickling somebody. We're sharing a bed. The implications right now. I don't get what implications, okay? I just thought maybe we'd make a new friend via laughter, the common language throughout the universe. All right. Well, I can see y'all are now wasting my time. Enjoy your pillows. Well, what? Well, we're wasting his time. Well, where I'm from, the customer is always right. And I'm not saying you should let me tickle you because I get it. Maybe you don't want to be tickled, but... Whatever. I'll fix this door, by the way, which we found broken for free. Yeah, I'm making the place that you work at nicer. Don't tell us who's staying next to us who might slit our throat while we sleep. (laughs) Well, I hope no one would do that to y'all. That bell. After all, the hut parties are valued guests. And with that, he shuts the door behind him. And of course, it sort of lazily swings back open. Let me take a look at that. I'm going to just roll real quick to fix the door that we just (laughs) broke on a role playing choice. Uh, Yeah, I think engineering will do that. Mechanics is. Mechanics, yeah. Might be perfect. And how much the challenge? Oh, you, oh, you got to use yeah, it. So all I, right. So the difficulty on this is going to be average. Um, so that's two purple dice. Two purple dice. Please. Oh man, another overwhelming God. success. God, I can't stop winning for Bimbon. <laughs> uh, that is four successes and two threats. So you repair this door completely for the mechanical lock. However, the electronic lock is a little bit damaged. Making it difficult when you swipe your key card, there's like an extra couple of seconds that it takes to get the door going and opening. So if you're in a hurry trying to get into your room, it's just going to take a while. Okay. Hey, Jabna, I, mm-hmm. I fixed it, but it's going to take longer to you open. To test it for you? No, 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 not needed. But I installed a new feature where it kind of rewards patience in opening. It's uh, It's better this way because oh, yeah. it, yeah. you can... Take time to really just think about where, how magical it is to be alive. Right, you've been preaching mindfulness a lot. And yes, we're going to try and live that. in the moment. Yeah. All right, you know what? Let's go split a drink upstairs. Now that sounds like the Jubna. I know. And now, how about a Dear Minoc letter? Dear Bacta and all. 
I serve aboard a ragtag ship with other misfit mercenaries who love nothing better than touring the galaxy, causing mayhem for the Empire wherever we see fit. Now recently I was sharing a bantam milk with a friend and we were talking about how great it is when the rebels murder a lot of Imperial types, until one of our number paused to wonder, why exactly are the Empire so bad? They've brought law and order to many planets. Nevertheless, it seems like wherever the rebels murder a bunch of stormtroopers, we think they are heroes. But when the Empire do similar work, they are definitely evil. Moreover, looking around, everyone who opposes them seems to be some sort of desperate smuggling criminal, myself being no exception. All of this has got me faintly worried. Are we the bad guys? All this moral relativism has got me in the spin, so much so that I barely enjoy murdering faceless minions of the Empire anymore. Hopefully you can set me straight. Your friend and admirer, sociopathic on Zegoba. Okay, well, so it sounds like a lot of this question is revolving around wartime morality, and I think, you know, we, we've all spent some time thinking about that. And I feel like we've talked about this very issue before. Oh, yeah, we must have talked about it before. Yeah, because you all gave me a hard time for implying that I believe that we're the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. And I think that bad guys and good guys is a really unhelpful way to think about things. Oh, I think, I mean, especially for taking on the Empire and fighting the Empire, you can look at a world and say, oh, the Empire is bringing, you know, law and order to that world until you actually get on foot on the ground and you see the oppressive things that they do to people on those planets and you realize that that's not really law and order that's just a system that benefits them and anyone who's outside of that system is forced outside the law that's why so many people who are rebels and smugglers and whatnot have to operate outside the law because we can't live otherwise as an author who hadn't killed anyone up until just a few days ago I know exactly where you're coming from. It's tricky. It's tricky. But when your life's on the line, I think you'll know. I think you'll know when it's time to kill, if it's the right kill or the wrong kill. Oh, yeah. I think you actually bring a really interesting perspective to this, Nemo, because, you know, while I've been fighting war my entire life, uh, it's new for you. It's very new. And if you think that I am not laying awake at night thinking about it, you're wrong. It's... Okay, well, maybe you should talk to us about that. Well, I'll, I mean, it's all... I feel like eventually we'll have a sort of a one-sided conversation once my next book is released, but it'll it'll all come out. Okay, if that's the healthiest way for you to deal with that, then that's good. But, I mean, you're in a position now where you are forced into a combat situation mm-hmm. against your will. The question that I pose to you, you sort of must know mm-hmm. a little bit about the oppression that the Empire can put on people now. Would you fight the Empire, given now the option to decide whether to do it or not? Well, as you know, I'm an author by by trade so i think i think the best and most constructive way for me to continue to fight the empire is to fight them with the pen i mean i kind of agree with that isn't the reason that the empire was trying to kill nemo was because of his books and their impact that they seem to be having yeah they were jealous that they were selling more than their own books i don't quite think that's the heart of the issue but well it's part of it it's part of it but you're not gonna go out with a gun and shoot imperial officers or anything like that you're gonna keep writing right i'm gonna go in with a pen and shoot words out into space and then they'll come back the, the words victoriously okay <laughs> okay um well we did it we managed to take a cool question about killing <laughs> and talk about books so I guess everybody should be very proud of themselves. So many of my books have killing in them. Who cares? Okay? You, I could recommend seven or eight. You gotta get books. through all the boring stuff. 
You know, I could his just books go are out. Mostly about sex. Trace. I could just go out and have sex or do killing. There's no reason for me to read about it. Well, and of course we're the bad guys. Thinking of yourself as a bad guy helps you do bad stuff. You think I'd be able to kill people if I didn't think that I was a bad guy? No, I'd be wrecked with moral doubt and quandaries in my mind. But as it is, I am able to execute Imperial officers and do quippy one-liners as they bleed out on the floor of some alien world. Why? Because I'm bad. That, that helps you get through the day to think of yourself as a bad person? That helps me get through the day. That helps me get through the night. Every weekend I'm having a good time. Yeah. I couldn't help but notice that you mentioned an alien world. Maybe this will help you. Uh, it's a copy of my book, Dusk on an Alien World. The only way that this could help me is if I was stuck in a fresher with no space TP and I needed to wipe my poop. <laughs> he he handed you a, a digital data pad. Yeah, that's going to hurt. You can wipe poop on a data pad. <laughs> Do not want poop on a data pad, Stress. Have well, you been wiping? all of you better go clean your data pads. Yeah. I asked you last you week. Been I asked you last week. <laughs> War with the data pads, dirty. Y'all with the gist. And you blame Tony. You blame Tony, and it was you. He was in on it. Was it my poo? He's definitely not in <laughs> on it. Was it my poo? Oh, Had a poop during crime. Tony Vornskier. That is a health hazard, Trist. It is a health hazard. Not for me. I don't touch those things. Y'all gonna get pink eye. <laughs> this is the worst, and I hate it. <laughs> so... Yes, I think it's actually helpful to think of the stormtroopers as what they are, 20-year-old kids for the most part, because it solidifies, in my mind, the purposes of the rebellion, and I try to keep things efficient. Mind on the prize of freeing the galaxy at large, um, because uh, a lot of people who are involved in the Empire don't know how bad most of the things that they're doing are. I don't think that they would be doing them if, if they, they knew. You know, that it's not like thousands and thousands of thousands of people are making an active decision to do bad. So it helps sharpen me. I think if anybody's having second thoughts about whether they want to fight the Empire, if they're involved in some sort of organized rebellion or not, if you're having second thoughts, take a moment to think about whether or not you can go live your life outside of that. And if the Empire makes it impossible, I feel like you have your answer of what the right thing to do is. You know, the other thing is... If you're thinking about whether or not you're a good guy or a bad guy, then you have the luxury of having that sort of, uh, you know, distance to actually place yourself as a good guy or bad guy. You know, it's obvious from the tone of this letter that this person's never been a slave. I've been a slave before, and it wasn't a slave to the Empire. When you're a slave and you don't have a choice, you do what you have to do. I feel like most people, and by that, of course, I mean, you know, bug faces and, you know, okay. lizard ladies and everything. What? right here. Yeah. I'm saying people in a, in a, in a broader sense. Also, I'm a Malian. Are born, they live, they struggle, and they die. We all toil, you know? Whether you're under the, uh, thumb of the huts, the thumb of the empire, or you're gripping your own thing and your thumbs. <laughs> Gripping your own thumbs. You know the metaphor I'm going for. Okay. Y'all have to make your own choice. Hey, guys, I made some uh, cucumber sandwiches and tea. Ooh. Um, there were no more plates clean, so I just put it all on this data pad. No! <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Campaign. Binbon and Jubna will be back again next Wednesday. The Campaign Podcast is a one-shot network production, a joint presentation between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. The One Shot Network is home to some fabulous shows, including One Shot, Modifier, 
Backstory, and Talking Tabletop. Jubna was performed by Stephen Kropa. You can find him on Twitter at Kropa Cabana. Binbon was performed by Mike Migdahl. You can find him on Twitter at It's Migdahl Time. Trist Valentine is performed by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly. Lena Gilo is performed by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Brief. The regular host of Campaign is Kat Cool. She can be found on Twitter at WolvesAreCool, spelled like her last name, K-U-H-L. I'm James D'Amato, and I also play Bacta. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. The Star Wars Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny role-playing games belong to Lucas Books and Fantasy Flight Games. Finally, all music on the show is performed by the Snowdens of Yesteryear, who can be found at thesnowdensofyesteryear.com or on Spotify, iTunes, and most streaming music services. Until next time, may the Force be with you. (laughs) 